This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is the Urban Hang Suite on Joy 94.9. Hi, I'm your host, David, and this is my interview with Coptic Soldier. For folks who are just being introduced to you for the, for the first time, where where does where did you start? Where did you come from originally? Well, geographically, I was born in Melbourne and raised in Sydney. I um, uh, I came. That's it. My parents are Egyptian. That's where I've come from, really. Um, I sort of got into music very very late. I guess didn't really wasn't was just sort of a you know a, a top forty listener for for most of high school until I sort of stumbled across. Stand by Eminem, and then um, that sort of introduced me into hip hop, and really, it really, really took me from there. And then I fell across the hilltop hoods, and and then that's how I got into the Australian sort of side. And then I, a few years later, I started making my own music. Do you think, the, in terms of just in a, from an influence standpoint, um, was there any influence in terms of with both your parents being Egyptian, in terms of how you thought about music, and especially when you started to make music, how that might have played into it or played um, into your music? Well, I guess, um, especially, I mean, especially with music, I, I mean, the music I try to make and, and music I like to listen to, and I guess that's why I like hip-hop music so much, is that you uh, you sort of put yourself in, in your music. Um, the, the artists that I enjoy listening to the most, I feel like I know them as if they were my friends, and I guess that's what I try to do when I write my own music. So, I mean, Coptic is essentially an Egyptian um Egyptian word. It means Egypt in the Coptic language. And, you know, both my parents are Coptic Orthodox and I'm Coptic Orthodox. So I guess what I talk about in my music and what, what um, sort of my topical influences are, yeah, very, very heavily influenced by where I come from. And so, and so for, for people who aren't necessarily familiar with the, the Coptic Orthodoxy, what is, what is that as opposed to just traditional or non-traditional Christianity? Basically, it's just a um, it's it's a, a Christianity that's come from Egypt. So um, started from Saint Mark the Apostle of Jesus. Um, so it's a very old old church. And um, Egypt, once upon a time, was uh, sort of a, a Coptic Christian country before it was invaded, and is now sort of now it's an Islam country. But yeah, that's ba- that's basically the history of it. Is there is there a musical tradition within Coptic Christianity or? Um, there is. It's I'm I'm not too familiar with it though. Um, I mean I mean the the issue is now obviously it's been an Arab country for so many years now. You you go there and the the music the music and the culture over in Egypt is is very different to what it was when it was a Coptic country. So I'm not too familiar with with the the music historical side of things. But yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's definitely not hip hop, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, in, in speaking of hip hop, so you mentioned Eminem, and then you know some other folk. Were there certain people, or like Eminem or whoever it might be, who influenced your style of of rap, and others who, in terms of like the musical piece, because you know, sometimes rap, obviously, rap is is accumulation of the of the actual lyrics plus the music as as any song is but there's yeah. there can be a difference in terms of like how those influences come together for your style uh yeah in terms of like my style and my um and my approach to to making music i guess it's very heavily influenced by my friends um in like sort of the, the people i perform with the people i write music with um because i got into music so late I, and the people around me are so experienced and so talented um i guess it's just sort of natural that's where i draw my influence from um, those people being obviously um, Fat Chance and uh, Mind Over Matter uh, are probably the two biggest. And um, I guess I got a lot of, in terms of like on the, the sort of top tier of Australian hip hop artists, I guess um, that sort of my biggest influence comes from Esso. 
um, from Bliss and Essay sure. as well. Um, so yeah. And so when you so when you decided or when you started to get more into into the hip hop and to rap music as you got older, when what was your first experience in terms of actually going out and starting to write and and then also to perform publicly? Yeah, it's it's that's a funny story actually. Like I I was um, Fat Chance now one of my one of my best friends and we performed to the country together and all that sort of jazz. Um, but I actually started off. Um, as sort of as a fan of his music, I, I didn't I didn't really know him. I just knew about his stuff online, um, sort of listened to his music, and then we started sort of chatting on on a forum. Um, he invited me out to one of his shows. I went to one of his shows, and we kind of just hit it off from there. And so I was sort of just starting to write music then. And he was helping me with a lot of stuff. He invited me around his house to record, recorded a few tracks. I met sort of a few of his friends in the scene, and then I started. Um, I got that's how I sort of got hooked up with my first gig, and then just from there it just just evolved. So what was your because you put out a couple, I guess, street releases. Um, yeah. Can you? And but those came out, I guess, was a couple years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started off. I mean, when when I, when, you know, when Chance sort of first invited me around his house and we started working on those first songs, um, they that was what ended up being the false start mixtape and and sort of a very rough and raw approach. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're listening to it now, it was a lot, quite quite in my early stages of making music, and I still sort of had a lot to learn. Um, and then I released the past three years diary after that. Um, which was a bit more polished but still sort of very rough and 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 still obviously learning the concepts of music and writing um and then now we've you know i felt i felt like the the debut the debut release of the sound of wings and very very happy with and i just think the writing and the way the music's come together and um the collaboration with miriam has it's just turned out to be just you know some really good awesome music like music that that i that i've always sort of aspired to make Sure. But before we get to, before we start, before we talk about The Sound of Wings, just in terms of work with Fat Chance and with, with the other folks mm-hmm. that you mentioned, you know, in your, in your bio you talk about going out, being on tour for four years. Can you talk about that experience and sort of how that helped you or influenced your sort of musical development? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that separates, um, our little group separates us from, from a lot of other acts and that we tour, like, Probably, you know, if there's such a if there's such a thing too much, where we're always out. We did like 25,000 uh, kilometers last year, um, and we're, you know, I think we're exceeding that this year. Um, so we we tour a lot, and I guess that. I guess on the road you meet all these incredible artists. You you're able to perform your songs night after night, and you you sort of pick up you you pick up your skills a lot a lot quicker that way. Um, you're obviously meeting a lot of talented musicians um, and things along the way, and that that sort of helps you get inspired and, and improve yourself and. Yeah, and you, you kind of, whenever you're performing, you're kind of always being judged on your music night after night by the people in front of you. So it sort of uh, forces you to, to, to work a little bit harder and, and improve your songs and, and all that sort of jazz. So I guess, I guess um, sort of the accelerate, because I, I haven't been uh, sort of into music for that very long, I, I've gotten to the point where I am relatively quickly because I have done just so much touring of being surrounded by some talented musicians. And so what was, I mean, this is sort of, a, I guess, a, side, a bit of a side question, but what was the smallest town that you, in the, in the four years that you've been going around Australia, was, what's the smallest place that you've played? The smallest town we visited um, and had the sort of smallest crowd was Grafton. We we played to maybe ten people, <laughs> and we we ended up just pulling stools up on stage, put the chairs out in the front of the stage, and we just sort of um, shared our music to to a very intimate crowd. And so the Grafton show um, is probably banks in my memory is probably the smallest one. Definitely not the worst, but but definitely the smallest. <laughs> what was the what was the worst experience? Worst experience? Wow, great! I can't even answer that. I'm just trying to think. 
Yeah, no idea. No idea. I can't. I, nothing really jumps out at me as the worst. But okay. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Grafton was definitely the smallest, but I wouldn't wouldn't say the worst. I can't really think of a, a terrible experience we've had. And so, what's the what's the difference? You know, for obviously for someone who might go see go see you or see any musician in one of those smaller venues mm. versus one that might have several hundred or a, a few a couple thousand people. What mm. was the difference for you as a performer between those those type of venues? Like we just played the Factory Theatre in Sydney, which uh, we got you know nearly five hundred people there to our. That was the launching the EP. And that was really good. So we we have had the live band there. We um we really there's a lot of high energy. There's a lot of like big crowd participation um we really engage the crowd and the crowd gets a bit really hypo and we you know we have a lot of fun jumping around and doing all that sort of stuff on stage with, with such a big crowd because you feed off the energy uh when you're playing to say the 10 people in grafton yeah very different you, you pull up the stools you uh you all sit down and it's more just sharing lyrics you've written sharing uh sharing the songs that you've put together um and so you have a whole different sort of approach and it's and it's sort of yeah, and I guess I guess that 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 would be the key difference. Do you? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of energy with the big crowd, but do you have a preference in terms of the smaller versus the larger? Or? No, it's funny. I, I remember when I, I remember when I used to work at McDonald's. I thought I have the same approach to music. I used to work at McDonald's. I used to hate having the same job over and over again. I always wanted to be you know at the back, at the front, just changing up shift after shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, we've started like you know those like live energy, live energy, like those huge crowds and the, sort of the big the big energy shows. It's just so awesome. But then we. Sort supported a pop artist recently, um, HR King, and we, we really stripped it back and did an acoustic set, mm. and it was just, yeah, it was like, a, there, was a, there was quite, you know, the venue was sold out still, but, but it was a whole different approach to the performance just because of the crowd that was there, and we sat down on the stools, and we had the acoustic band, and we just shared our poetry, shared our songs, and that, and that I just, I love that so much, and so I really don't have a preference, I just, I like, I like both equally, I just, yeah, I guess that's it, yeah, I just like changing it up, and I like share, sharing both approaches with sort of the audience. You know, in terms of obviously, as you continue to develop as you know, as a rapper and as a musician, and you mentioned some influences early on or influences that to get you started. Who do you are there folks that you're listening to? You know, whether it's within rap or hip hop or if it's outside, but that you're listening to now to now that you think are doing some interesting things that are influence you to and making you try harder in the music that you're doing. In terms of my sort of l- lyrical inspiration, I, I get a lot from, you know, Mac Lethal, Brother Ali Atmosphere. Actually, Mac Lethal's on, on my EP, which is a whole other story. That's it's a bit mind-blowing to me, so having one of my idols on, on the EP. But um, I guess in terms of pushing me to the next level and, and really really doing the most interesting things, um, it would have to be uh, probably biasedly Fat Chance because, uh, you know, I go, he's working on his second album at the moment and every time I'm sort of at his house, he's showing me a new song that he's written and, and every time, it's something completely different and pushing new boundaries and it's it's just a whole a level and so it just blows my mind and I think god I've got a lot of catching up to do <laughs> and so it's yeah that would, he would definitely be the, be the biggest sort of driving force and, and and sort of doing things that are just so out of the box I think with obviously with the new P that you've done with uh, with Miriam mm. um, how did you how did you guys meet and then start to talk about and then ultimately do the EP. Yeah, I met um Mi- Miriam is actually good friends with Chance, uh, Fat Chance. I uh, went they went to school together and I sort of he, she was over his house once and I was working on a song that needed a singer. Um just coincidentally and so I was like, "Hey Miriam, you up to to record something?" And she uh she jumped on it and did something really awesome and it really just gelled. Um and from there we hit it off. We worked on another couple of songs and then we basically sat down for breakfast one morning and we were like, "Do you want to do a release together?" And so it's that's where that's where it came from so we basically hooked 
up with a producer in Adelaide, um, K21, who uh, won the Hilltop Hoods initiative, and he sort of produced most of the EP. Um, then we got our live, live musicians in, John Reichardt, Kieran, and, you know, all that sort of jazz, and really built up the production, and, and we wrote the songs together, and that was sort of the result. And how was, I mean, I don't know if you had written songs collaboratively before but how was working with someone in the in this type of environment and writing songs together yeah a huge learning experience like previously when i've worked with like other singers i've I basically just got them into the studio written written their parts and said can you sing it sing this and you know offers uh, ask for suggestions or whatever but basically it's just been my songwriting start to finish and we just get them to come and do my parts but with Miriam, this ap with miriam it was like sort of traditionally collaborative in terms of she wrote her parts i wrote mine we came up with a song concept concepts together and we did all that sort of stuff and that was yeah such a big learning experience for me and i've, I've definitely learned a lot from it and i'm really like we're using a lot and building up on a lot of those skills on, on the release that i'm working with on now so yeah it was it was actually just awesome i really loved it so speaking of the ep so the, the ep has eight tracks are there are within the eight tracks are there tracks certain tracks that stand out more than other ones for you for specific reasons? I think they're all just, I, I don't know, the feedback I get, because cause you listen to the songs so often from writing to recording to mixing, and you just become numb to all of them by the end of it. Um, and usually, like, I mean, on the past two straight releases, I've had tracks that have, in terms of the feedback from, from the... Uh, from the fans, uh, whether it's online or at the shows or whatever, has been very like, yep, these two tracks are the best ones, you know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I get that consistently. But with this AP, because of the, the diverse, although the, the sound isn't particularly diverse, the topic range is. Sure. Um, and so I've, it just resonates with the people, you know, very differently. So I haven't had any sort of one standout, like, feedback on any of the songs and I, and I guess that's what I look to with that I don't I don't specifically have any personal favorites because you just become so numb to it by the time the project's over but in saying that I guess I like Sherbrooke <laughs> <laughs> is it because of the you did, you, you did it with Mind Over Matter or is it yeah I, I, just a couple of things I well I'm always at Sherbrooke's obviously the refuge that I work at um, with, with a lot of the kids under the care of community services um, and you know Mind Over Matter are one of my closest friends and they also work with me so it's just always an environment I'm in I'm very passionate about with my friends so the song that came from that is probably the one that just jumps out to me, jumps out at me right now i'm just going to go through each of the tracks mm-hmm. just to you know get get a little bit of info on the track from you for for those listeners so the the first track on the ep is why suffer uh why suffer was the last track written on the ep um we got probably one it was actually one of two beats that weren't produced by k21 it was produced by ash pope at a, from in Aubrey, he basically sent us the beat last minute um we loved it miriam wrote the chorus to it like almost instantly and then i just wrote off that and that just came together sort of very quickly but um probably yeah probably the most high energy single worthy track on the ep in the end yeah it definitely seems like the most i mean for lack of a better term because it's obviously not a pop song but the most sort of poppy of of all mm. the tracks. Yeah, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the chorus Miriam wrote on that. Like, Miriam's not a not a hip hop or urban singer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so, so she just sort of came to life on that one and brought brought in some of her other influences. And I, yeah, it turns out to be a, re- a, a very fun song to perform live. Oh, I bet. And uh, the second track is Liquid Company. Mm. 
Um, that song was the first track we wrote, actually, and I sort of wrote that um, when I was at my, my cousin's a monk, and I sort of wrote that in the monastery, and it was just sort of a, a social commentary on um, on a lot of people just going out every weekend and just drinking themselves silly. So I just sort of, you know, obviously performing a lot, you see that everywhere you go, and so I just sort of wanted to write a social commentary on that, and, and luckily Miriam related and connected to it very very easily and um yeah it sort of ca- came together is is he a monk here in australia or is yeah he... in australia yeah it seems like spirituality for you is is important mm. um and how do you do you consciously think how how you want it that you're always trying to weave that aspect of your life into all of your music or is it more of a subconscious yeah it's it's definitely not something conscious but i mean like i said i i, I definitely want my listeners to feel that they they know me you know, as as well as my friends do after listening to my music. So, if if my uh, sort of faith is a big part of who I am, um, it's it's naturally just going to come through in my music. Okay. So the the third track is "No More Waiting," which features Fat Chats. Yeah, that was um that was a track which I was even unsure if we wanted to put on it. But uh, John Reichardt, our guitarist, and um and Kieran, our bass player, um, were very very sort of forceful in making sure it was on the EP um, so that, that ended up going on there yeah no luckily it did because uh, like it was sort of Miriam wrote the, the chorus again that's just it's, uh, it sort of came together like why suffer Miriam wrote the chorus I wrote the verse Chance wrote his verse um, we sort of wrote that that Beyonce that Beyonce homage thing uh, just sort of spare of the moment in the in the booth and then that sort of just sort of came together that way and then I was a bit unsure if I wanted it on the EP but then John and Kieran forced it on and uh, I'm very happy about it because it's yeah a favorite live and and radio seemed to be playing it quite a bit and so why did you think that you or why were you leaning towards not wanting it on the EP yeah I guess it's because I I mean I just sort of didn't connect to the lyrics as much as I thought I should have um, and I, I was just a bit unsure about it I mean like when you're making your own music it's just hard hard to know these things and then now I mean now that we've released it and I've performed it so much I'm, I'm really happy with the result because I really really love the song but um, yeah I, I guess just w- when we first finished recording it I was just very unsure about it the next track is Skin Deep and this was written by Miriam only yes this was Mir- I sent Miriam this beat uh, K21 made and she uh she wrote the first verse to it straight away, and I absolutely loved it. And I, and then she was unsure about it, and she didn't want it on the EP. But um, I sort of twisted her arm <laughs> and made her finish the song, and I'm very happy about it because it seems to connect to a lot of people. Um, and and yeah, it's it's probably yeah. I, I mean, I, lo- I love the song, and she's done a fantastic job on it. And we got Ki- uh, John John to play the acoustic guitar throughout it, and it sounds. I, th- I think it sounds really good. And so the next track, which we've already talked a little bit about, is Sherbrooke. Uh, yeah, Sherbrooke was um, was a track that tells the story of um, some of the kids we work with um, at the refuge. Both mine over matter and myself uh, work at a refuge, take, looking after kids that are under the care of uh, community services. Um, so I guess this was a song that we yeah we just wanted to tell the stories of, of the kids that that we work with, and yeah that's that's how that came about. So I mean I I start off talking about the sort of community service taking the kid away from from their parents, and then. Uh, Smiles talks about the, the experience within the refuge, and then uh, Willow talks about the, the sort of look to the future. And how's been, how long have you been working at Sherbrooke now? I've been there maybe four years. Okay. Uh, Smiles has been there three, and uh, Rowan's just sort of starting out. Oh, so Willow, sorry, is just sort of starting out. <laughs> sure. And so how do you think that experience has, uh, or has it, maybe it hasn't, but formed um, sort of your, helped form your music to be honest, it happens the other way around. I think I think my music sort of 
uh, influences the relationship I have with the kids. They seem yeah. to connect connect with the fact that I'm a musician very very easily. Sort of gives me an edge over the other workers, sort of an advantage to get, you know to to really relate to the kids. Um, and that's sort of the only song that we've we've written about them. So I guess it's I mean that's I mean that's just the the byproduct of that song of our relationship. But I wouldn't say it's influenced it too much. Okay. Okay. So the next track is the sound of wings. Uh, the Sound of Wings was uh, a, 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 just a, a poem I wrote actually at, at the refuge when all the kids were asleep. I just wrote that poem to no beat, to nothing, and um, and then I sort of showed Miriam and she really liked it, so she had the idea to do some um, some sort of singing behind it, some harmonies behind it, mm-hmm. um, and then and then we thought, you know, that was it. It was just going to be me and me and Miriam. And then we were like just jamming for before one of our shows, and Kieran Owens came up with the bass line, and I was like, oh my god, that's the best bass line I've ever heard. <laughs> so, so we re-recorded it over the bass line, and then uh, John filled in with all the um, uh, guitar stuff around it. All right, the next and the next to last song on the EP is Burn Churches, which features Mac Lethal. Yeah, Mac Lethal um, has been like you know one of one of my favourite artists for so many years, and I um, sort of yeah he's a very sort of strong atheist. So I when I was writing this topic, I, I figured I'd, I'd reach out to him because I thought he'd he'd sort of he'd enjoy it. Um, and and you know luckily enough he did, and he jumped on it. Um, so it was a very surreal surreal thing having one of my idols on on a track track with me, and that was a collaboration we did, um, sort of addressing address I guess addressing sort of the. Uh, the justified stereotypes within the Christian church, sure. uh, Christian, yeah, then Christianity, um, and so that was a, it was just, yeah, that's, that's how that came together. And so, how did you, how did you end up hooking up with him for for this track? I sent him an email. I sent him my lyrics. Um, I sent him the beat, and I said, I know you're a busy man, <laughs> but I'd, I'd love to work with you. And he really liked the lyrics and really liked the topic. And and uh, it took him a long time to get get round to, to recording for me, but he ended up recording it. Um, in his studio and then he sent me through all the uh the studio files and we sort of did the whole collaboration via email modern technology at its best exactly <laughs> all right in the last track on the ep is in the air tonight which you wrote solo yes yeah exactly uh, that was um that was a track actually that was one of the first ones i did back in the false start mixtape days which is one of the first releases i did um and it sort of that's the track we close our set with and it seems to uh sort of be this big release of energy after our show people are easy to sing along with the chorus and it has some really sort of high energy drums throughout the verses um so i mean i was always um i always really liked the idea of the song but never really liked the lyrics because i'd written them so early in my career so basically i, I rewrote the lyrics for the sound of wings um we got miriam to re-record her parts and we got john and kieran in to uh to add some music along with the beat and uh that's how that sort of song sort of came around, just sort of an evolution of, of one of the earlier tracks that I wrote. And what, this is sort of sort of a side question, I suppose. You mentioned people singing along to, to your tracks. Do you remember the first time when you were performing when the audience was singing along with you? Oh, um, well... That's put you on the spot. Yeah, it's going to sound, no, it's because the, the, it's, sort of, it's a bit, very strange for me. The first time I, people started singing along with my tracks was the first gig I ever played. Okay. Because um, I had some songs, obviously, on MySpace, and, you know, with the internet, you can easily share your music. Sure. Um, and so I sort of knew the kind of, you know, there was a, there was a record label that I, was, that I was yet to be signed to back then, um, which had its own sort of online forum and online community, and they were the 
people that were always coming out to those sort of shows so I posted the song up there and um, and a few people seemed to learn it so when I had my first ever gig I performed one of the first few songs I recorded and people knew the words and that was a that was a really cool feeling but okay. yeah so so I was yeah I guess very lucky it happened very early yeah definitely so obviously now you, you guys released the EP mm-hmm. so what happens what's next for you guys um, well, we've just uh, we launched it in Sydney at the, the Factory Theatre, mm-hmm. um, and now we're about to kick off on a on a national tour. Um, we've got I, actually I couldn't even tell you how many dates the agents sort of dealing with it, but we've got uh, we're hitting you know multiple multiple uh, venues in every state, um, and that's we're going to set around set around the country in a Red Bull van and okay. uh, and <laughs> and hit it that way. So that's that's next on the agenda, and then we're um, I'm creating an acoustic version of that EP. Um, we're doing that with myself and John Reichardt, so it's going to be a sort of a John John Re- a Copy Soldier and John Reichardt presents, you know, the Sound of Wings acoustic. Okay. Miriam's at the moment is overseas, um, you know, in England, contracted singer in England, so she's doing very well for herself. So John and I are going to uh, make an acoustic version of the um, of the EP and then tour it ourselves probably early next year. Is that when the EP will also come out? Is next year? Or? Look, we I'd love to get it out late late this year, um, and that's certainly. I certainly think it's achievable, but uh, John's a lot more um, sort of more of a perfectionist than I am. So we'll see how how quickly we can finish it. Yeah. So the the tour that you got that you're that's right now being arranged that's with you and with Miriam, or is it just? Um, no, it's just. Well, I'm touring it um, with John. Um, he's sort okay. of singing a lot of his parts, and I have a uh, a female singer, Rebecca Slade, okay. um, who's actually an actor in Underbelly. She's an awesome singer, and so <laughs> she's filling in a lot of Miriam's parts, and and I'm touring with Fat Chance as well. Um, and so we've got like a sort of a full group. We've got, a, you know, John on guitar, Kieran on bass, Rebecca on vocals, John also on vocals, and then Chance, Fat Chance doing a lot of his songs and sharing my songs. And we sort of have a, have a whole little crew that tours the country together. Yeah, well, it sounds like it'll be a fun tour. Ah, it always is, yeah. Okay, so, the, so when you mentioned when we first started talking that you were working on your next album, was that the, the acoustic EP that... Or is there something else in addition to that? Yeah, no, that's that? something else. The acoustic EP is something I'm doing with John. We sort of get together once or twice a week and just just nut, nut out the arrangements and and the music behind it. Um, okay. So that should be we should start recording that soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm actually working on my sort of solo album at the moment after I get out of this writer writer's block. But I'm <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, I'm sort of um, working with a producer called T Sharp, and uh, we're we're sort of um, yeah building some songs from the ground up. Like we're we, he's you know I'm telling him what kind of beats we should make. He's telling me what raps i should rap <laughs> and we're going from that way yeah so that's that's my solo album my, my debut album actually which will which will end up being so hopefully i can come out next year as well okay well it sounds like you got a lot of stuff in the works yeah definitely yeah we don't stop you know to keep up with you obviously the the folks can go over to your to your website mm, no, co- um c-o-p-t-i-c soldier.com um got links to the facebook the twitter the myspace or if anyone who still uses myspace but <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, the Twitter and the Facebook links are there, and you can listen to all the songs on the site and all that sort of jazz. And, you know, there's the show schedule there as well. You know, thank you for obviously taking the time to, to chat with me today. Oh, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. This is the Urban Hang Suite on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.